0: You are listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. So, mm. someone told me there might be a football game on today and uh, the venue's moved. We've, uh, the football has come north. Very, very good afternoon to everybody this afternoon. Welcome, or if you've never left, mm. it's good to have you around it's the afternoon here on 3 R. Matt Stedman is across from me. I feel like a stranger. I haven't been here for a couple of weeks. The Grand Chef de Cuisine Hello, is in the kitchen. Cameron Smith, how are you? With his torchon. Shall we talk a little bit
1: about this football match that is on at uh, Victoria Park this afternoon, the 2017
0: RecLink Community Cup? I think that'd be a uh, a, a most good idea. It's, uh, it's on... You know what I think the best thing is what? about
1: the move they've made to Victoria Park? It means it's very easy to get there on the train.
0: Yes. yes so so, um, take uh, the train pass. El- El- was a little bit challenging. Twas. In in the fact, well, you had the you know train station, a little bit of a walk, mm. but no, you can uh, get there very, very easily. What, what time's the kick-off, Matt? Uh, kick-off is at five minutes past two,
1: um, but the gates are open now, so you can get there any time from now until close. and Spider-Batter on after the match. Mm-hmm. Deborah Conway on, I think half time. De- yes, looks good.
0: It's, of course, it's yeah, it's great. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's a continuation of a very very worthy thing. Yes, a thing that personifies the community coming together. Yes, and this is the thing that uh, we represent. Yes. And, uh, we, we are actively involved in them, If I you're gonna go,
1: I would suggest a rug up, because it's a cold day in Melbourne today. You well, noticed?
0: maybe that's something that, um, feeds into part of the show. It's about growing food, about living within our environment. It is happy winter solstice. It happened really? last Wednesday, so yes. the great news is the days are getting longer. Yes. Um. And yet still colder, I would say to you. That's the, uh, that's the irony in it. In it? In it. In it. 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 Eh? Hey? Um, so yes, Reckling Community Cup. It mm. is on at mm. Victoria Park. Get on down there because mm. uh, it's just a it's a great thing. And uh, streakers that are preparing uh, for that.
1: i um, was <laughs> just wondering how you
0: prepare I'd, as a streaker. I'd, I'd rub it. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I sort of insulating yak fat or something <laughs> yes. like. That. You know, you know the Eng- the guys who <laughs> swim the English ch- yeah. Channel. You just cover yourself with that goop yeah. before you go streaking. Yeah, it might uh, I don't know, it might be a bit of a turn off though. I don't know. That's one of the great things about the community cup. I mean, one of the things mm-hmm. that really struck me was, you know, oh my god, there's a streaker. This is yes. years ago it had happened, and yeah. it's sort of like there's sort of this. I don't know. Is it a Pavlovian response? or so it's just something that you expect. You you see the streaker come yes. on, and then you usually see a whole bunch of cops come running after with the yes. you know the hats sort of flying off as they're trying to run and yeah. and drag this person down. The funny thing was, the, the first time I saw a streaker, he sort of did his thing, huh. you know, and then he went, oh, uh... I should probably go now. I should <laughs> yeah, what, what do I do now? What do I do I've now? I've made it to the centre square. Anyway, so um, streakers uh, unite and um, who will win <laughs> from uh, the Rock Dogs and the Megahertz? Only time will tell. Yes. We've um, got a good show for you today. Yes, we should talk about that, shouldn't we? Frenchy theme. Yes. I think if we we're looking for something that ties all this together. Um, an exotic fungus. Uh, mm. we're going to be looking at tuber melanosporum, mm. also known as the truffle. Yes, the truffle. Truffles are everywhere, man. Are they? Not the real ones, yeah. but uh, the flavours are around. Truffle mm. oil has no truffles so in it. No, it's all, all synthesised. So. Um, but I think there's a lot of people that are aware of the way that a truffle tastes, and the mm. good news is that uh, there's an indulgent window. Yes. The indulgent window. Yes. It's sort of gold. It's got a lot of gold filigree <laughs> and, on and it. And there in the centre <laughs> of the window yes. is the truffle. It is the truffle. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you can open that. And um, But we've got Nigel Woods, who's a yes. man who's been imbued with truffles. Right. Is that sort of a right thing to uh, say? Let's, let's run with it. Okay. Yeah. Very much. Anyway, he is Mr. Truffle, um, and uh, he's coming in. We're going to have a bit of a chat about uh, truffles. Where do you get them from? How mm-hmm. do you get them? Um, mm-hmm. what, do you do with, what do you do with them? What uh, do you do them? How much are they? Uh, how's the price going? Mm. Plus, we have a little surprise. <laughs> we do. <laughs> You've got creative this week. I did. Very impressed. All right. Anyway, let's not uh, over-egg the truffle. <laughs> if I can mix my metaphors. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, quite excitingly. Yes. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. Because um, shall we call him the, the doyen yeah. of, of French cooks within this country, you know, one of one of the great communicators yes. of uh, of French cuisine.
1: Yes, I remember watching uh, this guy on TV when I was in high school.
0: And uh, if you watch a certain bike race, you will see him, uh, well, giving an idea of the different regions from a mm. culinary point of view. We speak, of course, of... Gabriel Gaté. Gabby Gates. Yes. Uh, he's coming in. He's um, prolific. He's got a new book. Has indeed. I think I, I'm not sure whether this is number twenty four or number twenty three. Do you want to hold it up to the microphone? So everyone? I'll just can, I'll just get it. Like everyone like can see it. There. there we go. Yeah, Joey. just move it like that, yeah, and sort of, if you thumb through it, it sounds like that. it's a lot of pages. And it's called "So French, So Sweet." Delectable cakes and tarts and creams and desserts for you. Ye. Yes. Sorry, that <clears throat> for, ye. no, for, for you. No, for you. I'm not going to do that because Gabriel. <laughs> Just punch yeah, you in your head. You're being very stupid, Cameron. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're going to talk about um, desserts. How hard can they be? They can be hard. They can be, but they can also be stupidly, I, go, had as a look, I make a a my point, a good thumb, very
1: easy. Yeah, I had a good thumb through that book just before the show, and I would agree, most of those are not hard. No. And they look delicious.
0: And I would say to you that a couple of things. One is, um, we will talk about uh, mm. this with Gabrielle, about um, uh, building up your repertoire. Mm. How many songs, do you know, can you play?
1: Mm. Not many. <laughs> you were just going to let that go <laughs> into the audience. I can do I can do the deep purple one, and that's about it.
0: No. I know, I jest. You do jest. But in, in the realms of cookering... Um, mm. cookery, cookering. Cookering. <laughs> Oh no! Don't even go there. Stop it. Yes. Um, in the realms of cooking, yes, as we plough on regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have a few recipes that you know. Yes, you go to. And, and Gabrielle is firmly of the view that we should be building up our repertoire mm. all the time. Mm. You know, whether it's blues music, mm. no, no, whether it's you know dishes um, that you do and. We'll have a chat about that, about building up your repertoire rather than steal his thunder, shall we? Now, um, it is 12.09, time does seem to fly, but we would like to do a segment, Mm. which is called, of course, What's What's That In Your your Mouth? mouth? Not bad. We're getting better at that. We are getting better at that. A couple of years. What is that in your mouth, Cameron? Well, um, first of all, I would like to say that um, I have uh, been doing roast potatoes. yes.
1: It is a good time of year to be doing roasties. It is a good time to good fuse, And I
0: also have to thank my um, my housemate, Jason, downstairs, who rang me late one night and mm. said, Mate, come to the door. And I went, oh, OK, Jason, whatever you say, mate. And he handed me a couple of ducks. Just a couple of ducks. A couple of ducks. Dead <laughs> ducks. <laughs> yes, OK. They weren't... nice, right. <laughs> Which are um, sort of uh, roasted and sort of tore apart and added stuff to. It. Anyway, I made mm. a ragu for some mm. uh, some pappardelle, duck ragu. And it was sort of orange and thyme and it mm. turned out absolutely
2: delicious.
0: Mm. It's really really good. But um I wanted to speak about making uh, the best roast potato. Now you have maybe you take the ball and run with it. Now what do you do for a great roast potato? What do you think is the, the main thing you have to do? I should
1: preface all this by saying I'm I'm not the roast potato maker in the house. No, you're the observer it's of my, great roast potatoes. It's my good lady wife, Nicole, who yes. is the master of the roast potatoes. But my first tip mm. is, and this sounds fairly obvious as you say it, but most people might slip up, you've got to get the right potato. Yes. I, wouldn't, I would shy away from those, the, the pre-washed white ones you get from the supermarket, that they don't sort of roast up that well.
0: If you buy those... As Stephen Walker once said to me mm. when he caught me in Ackland Street wearing tracksuit pants. <laughs> Cam, have you given up? He said. And I went, oh, come <laughs> on. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. But yes, they are the worst potatoes.
1: They are not great. So go to your greengrocer and my number one potato for roasting is a sebago. Oh. Um, but a Dutch cream is a good alternative and Dutchies you can get pretty much anywhere. If, if possible, get the ones that haven't been washed,
0: get the ones with still a bit of dirt on them and then you wash them yourself. I yes. don't know
1: why they're better. They just are.
0: Yeah, they are. They are. Uh, all right. So here's my idea of making the perfect or really good mm-hmm. roast potato. The, it, it all started off when I moved into a, an old share house and uh, Doug Robertson from Ice Cream Hands said, mm-hmm. uh... I've got my special Auntie Val's potato recipe. Auntie Val. And I went, Auntie Val, jeez, all right, mate, well, what's that? Yes. And it was really about you par-cook the potatoes first. Yes. So that there's heat goes into them so you can get a crust happening and the inside is the good. Yes. Yeah. So okay. you boil them for about 10 minutes? Yeah, 10, 15 minutes. And um, that works really well. Mm-hmm. But I've gone an extra stage. Really? Yes. With dramatic pauses. Um, so here's the thing, man. Yes. If you add to the water mm-hmm. that you boil your potatoes mm-hmm. a half teaspoon of bi—yes, bicar- look at me, yes—bicarbonate of soda. What? That's right.
1: Bicarb soda.
0: One half teaspoon of bicarbonate of soda, and the reaction is that the bicarb breaks down the pectin in the walls of the potato. Right. And you see it. It's crazy. You see. When you see a good glass of champagne, you Mm. see those bubbles come up. We call that a bead, and it's very, very fine. Same thing's happening to the potatoes, and you see it. Really? It's wild. It's a bike It's science. We'll we'll go back one step.
1: Do you peel your spuds? Yes, I do. Yes, Yes, I do too. Yes, because
0: we want that reaction to happen. We want that cell wall to be broken down Yes. so that you boil those until they're sort of about close to about 15 minutes. Yeah. All right? Mm. And what you're looking for is that it breaks down the cell. So you almost get like, um, and you'll see it in the photos that we tweeted. Yes. Because like we've, we've got, the, did you do uh, three of them?
1: Uh, no, I've done, the, done the, the final one. We'll tweet the other ones as well. All so right, we'll have before a before and after. Yeah.
0: Anyway, so this what you do is you take mm. them out, put them on a tea towel so they can just dry off a little bit. That's very important. Okay, and here's the other thing that's kind of crazy and wild and mmm. Go. Olive oil. About four table, no, five tablespoons, four yes. to five tablespoons. Yes. We're, we're dealing with about, um, what have we got, uh, three good-sized potatoes for around about half a kilo of potatoes. Yeah. All right. So what you do is you get garlic, mm-hmm. you peel it, mm-hmm. slice it as finely as you can into mm-hmm. little discs, mm-hmm. and then you add a, a, a herb. I, I used... Time.
1: time would work. Any of those big
0: woody flavours, like a, a Resiny, resiny yeah, yeah. sort of things. Maybe tarragon could work too, but you have mm-hmm. to be careful where you do it. What you do is then you infuse the oil mm-hmm. with the garlic. Mm-hmm. All right, so it's cooking on. Then you wait until just the garlic's starting to go brown. Mm-hmm. Strain that liquid, mm-hmm. or that oil. Yes. It's, it's so you get fat. all the solids out of it. All the solids. Put that aside because that's going to be your garnish at Ooh. the end. That's the crunchy, yummy bits, Ooh. which was on in that the photo, photo, yes. Okay, so then what you do, in a bowl that's been warmed up, you add the spuds and your infused oil. Yes. And you toss it around. Yeah, you shook it. Roughly. Roughly. It was, as you said to me, that you do things, and that way you get more of, you want to sort of break down and tease the surface it's of it. Of because it sort of roughs them up. The more fissures you create in that, the more... The crispier it gets. Boom. There you go. So whack them in the oven, cook them off, And then at the end, put them in a bowl again, shake it around a little bit of salt, and then um, add the uh, the cooked garlic as a garnish, and the thing, yeah, as a yummy garnish, and it is awesome. And you know the greatest, one Mm. of the wonderful things about it that you know you've done something a little bit different. The smell of the garlic oil will Mm. reveal itself to you from the oven.
1: That is so good. Which is kind of cool. Oh, so
0: we tweeted a photo
1: of uh, the finished product. Mm. Check it out. See, now I want spuds.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, um, don't we all? Don't, <laughs> don't we all? all? Always. um Now, I was going to do a couple on today's, but I think we might just move on because it is around about twelve fifteen. What do you think, Matty? Should
1: we maybe have
0: some music? I like music. I like it too. Let's listen to this. Yes. All right. You're on Triple R. El Gwende 1221 here on um, It's Reckling Community Cup Day Yes, get on down to Victoria Park That's it, but in the meantime It's a fabulous time of year It's it's when These incredible fungus Present themselves to The growers of The truffle Hmm. Um, uh, An incredible Incredible Indulgence, shall we say But first, we've got to be creative and now it's
1: time for the Triple R Haiku with Cameron Smith.
0: Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> Truffle hunt. <laughs> Earth. Fog. The quiet footsteps. The dog sets. Handler scratching. Aroma confirming. Musty, sweet, a quiet smile. It's my haiku. <laughs> what do you think, <laughs> Nigel? Very cool. Yeah, yeah great. <laughs> now we're going to get, just twist that microphone <laughs> so it's pointing there at it your right. face. Out. Yep. There we go. But I—I I don't know why I did that. Actually, I've never—I've <laughs> never written a haiku. Um, but it seems to personify this whole thing. Of, I remember reading a long time ago about truffle hunters how they. In Italy and France, they're very secretive and they are creatures of the fog. Absolutely. And, and the stillness. Yep. And very secretive type things, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And um, it's a bit the same, isn't it? You walk a lot. Tell us what it's like. First of all, welcome to the to the show. Thank you. Thank you. And um, what's it like to, um, to go
3: truffling? What's it like to go truffling? Well, mm. uh, I guess our experience... Because we cultivate truffles rather than um, hunt them in the wild. is a little yeah. different to what you yeah, yeah. see in Europe.
0: So, it's yeah, the Australian experience is is a lot different. It's a lot more controlled. It is. And, um, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, in Europe, uh, people uh, jealously guard their patch. Indeed. And, and uh, there are... Um, there are detailed regulations about the hunting season when you can't hunt before date X and the season only runs until a certain time. Yes. Um, in Spain... Uh there are even regulations about the the tool that you use to hunt with the truffle um it's it, it, when you're hunting in the wild like that mm. um it's quite a different situation and um you know there's some pretty heavy duty stuff goes down too uh, cam um you know people's dogs are killed and uh, truffle stuff goes oh, down. oh yeah yeah. yeah 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 it's yeah.
0: like uh, it's like breaking bad so you know, th- some stuff by the gram and everything like that you know <laughs> yeah, there's we're, a bit- it is a bit a little, <laughs> out of the van out of, out of the van, okay, so but um here in australia we 'll just do a very, very quick snapshot. We mm. have to probably our hats need to go uh, off. Um, to Dr. Ian... Ian my Hall. Bra- Ian, Ian Hall. God, yep. my brain's gone. Uh, in the 80s, early 80s, he worked out in Tasmania, I think the first place, that you could inoculate the roots of trees. And, yeah. So
3: and Ian was a pioneer in... He's New the Ze- father, in, isn't he, in, really? In New
0: Zealand. Yes. Uh,
3: originally. And then... Um, uh, so the New Zealanders were the first to produce yep. uh, uh tube of melanosporum in the Southern Hemisphere. Mm. The black perigord truffle. The perigord truffle. Okay. Uh, and, uh, then later followed, uh, success in Tasmania. Yes. And, uh, and later again, the Western Australians just jumped all over it. And, and they're
0: probably the Godzillas of the industry. Uh, yeah. No doubt about it. Like, the, the, Manginup, uh, especially. Up,
3: Pemberton, yep. Yeah, that's the, that's, that's truffle territory in Australia. Uh, probably more than three quarters of the crop comes out of that neck of the woods. Uh, it's yeah. about four hours south of Perth. There are huge uh, trophies over there, big truffle farms. Uh, yeah. The largest, I think, has thirty-eight thousand trees.
0: Yeah, that's just let that sink in again because I remember when – thirty-eight thousand trees. trees. So I can't I even I can't even really visualise thirty-eight thousand. <laughs> it's like a
3: suburb, isn't it? It is. It is bigger than bigger, bigger than, than, than a suburb. Bigger, bigger than wow. Whereas here over on the east coast, we tend more to be boutique style growers. Wow. I, I've got six hundred trees, and that's a lot of trees to hunt. That takes me an hour and a half. Three times, uh, three times a week to go over that, uh, to to go up and down those rows. So you can imagine how much Where, time. where are you? I'm down near, um, a little town called Grantville in the hills, uh, behind, uh, Western Port Bay on the eastern side of Western Port Bay. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're really lucky in Melbourne. We've got truffle farms ringing the city cam. Um, yeah. Yarra Valley. Uh, Yarra Valley. Mornington, Mornington Peninsula. Gippsland. Yep. And then, uh, Dalesford Masson area as well and even down the Otways. So we're, if you think about some of the other locations in the world that, that produce truffles, we're one of the few capital cities that has uh, truffiers within, within 100K of the, of the city. So, uh, so you could actually go on a
0: truffle hunt. That's one of the things that's uh, being promoted for these um, couple months of the yep. season. Yep, three months. Yep. It is three. Yep. Three okay. months. So,
3: in fact, a little bit more because the seasons vary a little bit from one side of the country to the other. Western Australia usually kicks in the last week of May, mm-hmm. um, because they just get that cooler weather a tiny bit earlier. Yeah. Uh, and that's the cool weather we need to ripen the truffle. Gotcha. Uh, so here in Victoria, we're really only the seasons really only just starting now. I mean, I'm finding truffles. But I'm not some many of which I'm just not digging up because they're not ripe. So how,
0: uh, how is, uh, Gabrielle, this, uh, who's going to be our next guest, Gabrielle Gatte mm. came in, and was one of the first questions he asked you: mm. what's, the what's the season been season like, like this year? Yeah, yeah. Look, and is there a variation between mm. climactic events? A-
3: absolutely. So the season in so this is a winter crop we're talking about here. The the, the um, uh, for tuber melanosporum. Mm. They had a dreadful season in Europe last winter, so Christmas, New Year. Why? Uh, what happened? Because it was very, very dry. Yes, uh, and they just didn't get the production that they were expecting in Spain, in okay. in um, France. So uh, that pushed prices. Uh, that pushed prices up a bit. Mm. Um, so when the season started here, that last week of May, there, was, there were high expectations for you know, quite, quite good uh, prices because the price is influenced by what's going on around the world. It's not just an isolated thing. We're the
0: the s- sliding supply and demand yeah, equation that a, we're all used to in this Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. And we're a big player now. I mean, mm.
3: we're number four producing country in the, in the world. So um,
0: Who's the biggest, uh, that's look, biggest question? France, French?
3: France, Spain, Italy. Chile? And then us. Chile is, just uh, coming on. Chile's coming on. Okay. Yeah, There are some big plantations going into other southern hemisphere countries. So yes. Chile, um, um, we mentioned New Zealand earlier, South Africa also is getting into the game, um, hmm. Argentina. So, and those guys, the, the, the people on the American continent, the, the Chileans and the Argentinians have some advantages in terms of access to the North American market, which is an important market for uh, for for Southern Hemisphere
0: uh, truffle. Because you'd have to fly everything out, wouldn't you? you There's no way you can just stick it on a ship that's going to take... You got it. Yeah, you yeah. Got it. Yep. Now, um, uh, the point is that I think I might have mentioned it to you. I think I've mentioned it to you folks out there. Um, more and more people are aware of the flavour profile of truffle yeah. in, the, in the fact that I, I, I was going to say that you could say that truffles haven't quite jumped the shark, but... Mm. When a burger chain is offering a burger with mm. with uh, a mm. form of truffle flavour on mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. and uh, potato chips now have yep. a truffle flavour, it's everywhere around us and and I guess this is a chance for the next couple of months for a little bit of an indulgence to have the taste of the real thing. Yeah, it is. Um, mm. Which is so different because if you have truffle oil, it should be mentioned, is there truffle in it?
3: Uh, there's truffle in it sometimes and it's irradiated and it, uh, it's not what gives it the flavour. The flavour is actually from a synthetic oil. It's a a chemical. It's it's a a molecule. Yeah. So, you know, if you think about, yeah, well, if you think about, uh, we're all familiar with vanilla essence in our kitchens and some vanilla essence has never seen a vanilla bean in its life or, the or s- banana flavor yeah indeed <laughs> so you know it's <laughs> the, the flavor chemists are going nuts some, yes. some of the some of those products are really um are really uh well judged mm. um but in my opinion too many of them are just a sort of punch you in the head uh uh and it trains you in the wrong way it, it the, the the you you can miss the subtlety of the real thing yes. so and i know when 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 uh, gabriel uh, uh, came into the uh, the the building mm. he mentioned you know that very first time you had the real thing you never never forget it you, you that flavor profile just registers and it stays with you
0: it's almost like a first kiss it is it is <laughs> <laughs> better. If we want to have the. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. We'll 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 go with that. And so, um. So we've got some truffle butter here. We better. We better. Yeah, truffle butter, some bread, some cheese. And and this is the thing. you know, once you get you, you go to a place and you pick out this tube of mm-hmm. form that you're going to take home. Yep. Uh. First of all, how much would you be expecting to pay? And then what do you do with it when you get home? Okay. Uh. Let's start with the. How much do you, do
3: you expect to pay? mm that's uh, probably good stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, economics. You, okay, so retail prices are around two fifty to three fifty a gram. Now, uh, I think that's um, you know at the high end, mm. I think that's getting pretty expensive, and uh, and uh, so one of the things I'm trying to do with the truffle Melbourne program is to is to uh, to show people both chefs and home cooks, Mm. that you don't need to pay top dollar for the prettiest looking truffle. Mm. What you need is you're looking for the aroma, Yes. So, uh, so uh, a, a not so pretty truffle. There are different grades of truffle, truffle um, uh, cam, and yep. uh, and so uh, if you're looking to make uh, sauces or do stuffings or infuse things and what have you, yes, you just need pieces of truffle. You don't need the perfect looking truffle that you're going to pay uh, three bucks, three dollars forty for. You can. Um, we we do a home chef's grade, what we call a home chef's grade, and it's big pieces of truffle, twenty to thirty gram pieces. Mm. Um, but that's just two dollars gram. Yes. So it makes it affordable. It does all the things that a pretty truffle does, but you just don't. You, you know, when you want to finish the dish with something that looks spectacular, then sure, you you get a pretty truffle and you pay more for a pretty looking one. But if, if it's got a ro- you, what you're looking for mm. is you're looking for firmness. Yes. And you're looking for an aroma that appeals to you.
0: Because this is what it is all about. It is about this indefinable smell. Mm. It's, it's, ravishing odour that the more you sort of get close to it, the more you're not quite sure what mm. it is in it's a way. Intriguing it's intriguing and it's beguiling. beguiling yeah. The bigger, the, yeah. Those, those b words yeah um where do you get truffles from i mean you know people are listening to me mm-hmm. yeah okay great i can't go mm-hmm. down to you know mm-hmm. the supermarket and grab yeah. some yeah look oh, there there, you get some truffles for us Del? yeah hey, no worries <laughs> put down on the shopping list shopping list yeah. uh,
3: you can of course you mentioned some of the product stuff you can even the supermarkets are getting into um some of the some of the products yes uh, uh and and
0: but I want a truffle. No, if don't. you want the real Come thing, on.
3: if you want the real thing, then uh, there are a couple of retailers around uh, Melbourne. We we we've got a little pod pop up pod in uh, that's Collins in Street. Collins Street, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, So tini- two sixty tiniest 260. truffle temple in town. Um, it is. <laughs> oh my
0: God, it's in one of the old newsagent things. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It's- so two sixty Collins Street. What's the nearest corner?
3: Uh, it's it's halfway between Swanson and Elizabeth. It's right out front of. Uh, it's just up from the Novotel. So well, yeah, it's cool. So that's right downtown. Yeah, there are a couple of spots. Um, the, there's uh, there are a couple of spots at uh, the markets around. Uh, around mm. and of course online cam these days on you, you, there are heaps of
0: growers and when they go through the postcode. Okay. Yeah. If you yeah. send it as express, I suppose they're fine. Express aren't they? post, next day delivery, not a problem at all. All right, and that's the thing. Once you get your truffle home, the good thing is uh, you will often see, and Nigel's done this. They're yep. all wrapped up in Kleenex because water is the enemy of the truffle. They, they, they
3: lose three percent of their weight every day. Cam, uh, they sweat just like we do. They're right still alive. Right yeah, and so yeah, you uh, you you really you you've got to work with paper towel. You got to change it. Uh, yes, you got to change it daily. Um, so And put it on eggs when you get it home, because that's a free way to get scrambled eggs.
0: Or you can whack them in rice as well, we'll absorb. No, okay. I eggs. Eggs. I, yeah, okay. Some people do. Yeah, I'm, do I'm deferring eggs. to you instantly. I do the eggs. I just go, okay. Nig- uh, Nigel's shaking his head, so I'm just going to go. Huh. Um, also, another great thing is uh, truffled honey. Yep. Um, absolutely amaze balls. And if I can say that, can I say that, Matt? Yes. Yeah. Thank thank you. I've not yeah. had truffled honey.
1: I
3: never thought of that as a combination. Great yeah. idea. It's a great way of preserving the truffle, yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, um, they're around at the moment. And, of course, uh, you can also go to trufflemelbourne.com. You can. Uh, which is a great idea. You're going to stick around for Gabrielle Gatte? Wouldn't miss it. Wouldn't miss it. Hey, well, look, we're we we we're all about to get our just desserts. And uh, and the great thing is that uh, Gabrielle has uh, written his 26th, no, 24th book. A couple dozen cookbooks. Not a bad achievement. And, uh, Nigel, not a bad achievement for you for... Uh, this fledgling industry that is, um oh, it's really coming of age now, isn't it? Really? No doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right. So, uh, truffles are happening. Matt will put up uh, that trufflemelbourne.com, which is great. We can do that. We need, when we have a French man on the show, we need some French music. I'm not going to do Charles Aznavour. Uh-huh. Ah, No way. Django to the rescue. Hmm. Twelve forty is the time. Uh, you were just listening to a little bit of Django Reinhardt, and mm. even though Belgian born. I think the the French have grabbed him, and why not? But uh, here is some of that we've grabbed and made our own because uh, he's been in Australia since nineteen seventy seven. Author of a couple dozen cookbooks now. Uh, you've seen him on the Tour de France. He's a cooking icon, I suppose we'd have to say, Gabriel Gatte. Welcome back.
2: Merci. It's good afternoon. afternoon.
0: Been too long. Oh,
2: dare Time dare goes dare. fast. I know <laughs> when
0: you uh, when you're writing cookbooks and um, for years. I mean, it's not, this isn't the first book that you've written about uh, the last course. No. Of uh, of the meal.
2: I have always um, loved uh, making desserts. And is, is,
0: and this because, is this because your grandmother? Grandmama? Yeah,
2: probably because we mm. had so many fruit trees at our place, and because basically we didn't buy uh, things from outside. So when you had uh, a glut of mm. um, of fruits, of strawberries, mm. or, of peaches, you know, like we we had a glut of peaches of peaches during the summer, yes. we would bottle them for the winter mm. in syrup, you know, yeah, and um, or in tins. We had the cannery not far, and so we used oh, all the fruits. I don't remember this story. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We, you had a
0: cannery, you take all your stuff
2: and, yeah. they, and they would can it for you. They would can it. You come yeah. back with 20 cans of peaches or beans or, yeah. you know, which was in a small village because people don't realize, uh, that in France, you know, when you're in a rural region, no, you wake up in the mi- uh, in the middle of winter. It's it's minus five or minus ten. There's, There's not, not a lot outside. in the garden. No, so you rely on what you have in the cellar. Yeah, to you know, survive the, the carrots, the potatoes, what you have mm. in salt, or that used to be the case. You know, like the beans and mm. what you have canned. And, and and a few, you get a few Brussels sprouts that do survive, and you get also, um, you know, uh, wheat loaf and things like that that grow you know, are kept under the, the ground and things like that. Yeah, and um, so so we made a homemade desserts, and then later on when I did my apprenticeship and I worked in a Michelin guy restaurant. At that time, mm. uh, in in the top restaurant, you really didn't have a, a dedicated pâtissier, maybe in the three-star restaurant or maybe in the palaces where there was a brigade. But so as a young chef, you like during my apprenticeship, we made uh, five or six different kinds of ice creams. We had a capuchini machine. We made um, sorbets and ice cream. We made... Uh, Uh, Champagne, you know, sorbets and things like that. Uh, We made uh, puff pastry, choux pastry, sweet pastry. We made all the biscuits, all the petit fours. So you Mm. you you did learn, and and the desserts were sophisticated already. And so you learn. Talking about the
0: French here, aren't we? I mean, yes, yeah.
2: And then one of my my oldest brother uh, also is a pastry chef. Yes. So when I was working in Paris, on the other shop in Paris, when uh, I was not working, which was only one day a week, or during my holidays, I would, I would go with him and then uh, get up at, at ten o'clock at night, uh, <laughs> get up at ten o'clock at night, and then and help him with the croissant because at that time that was the routine of the patissier. It really started. Um, you know, like the technology was not so advanced. You had to do a lot of things, things by at yourself. the last minute.
0: And we will get to the book in a sec, but one of the first memories that you have, I think it was at five years old, was cooking an apple tart. Yeah. And dare I say it, and, you know, it's like you've got this book, which is called uh, So French, So Sweet, which has so many great things. And I know it's like trying to pick your your favorite child, and it's very not good to say, but I would say one of the greatest desserts made by the french is the tartatin
2: it's fabulous well it pleases you know it's uh i mean when you start you know when when you're a chef it's like being a musician you you put uh, there's different uh, layers of pleasure that Mm. you can get and in the tartatin you have the apple which is a classic fruit i mean everybody loves an apple dessert it's probably the most whether you're in england or in Germany.
1: Yes, you know. Yeah, this classic. You, oh, you, you can name a apple classic, apple pie or apple
2: strudel. Apple, yes, and the apple tart and the tartata yeah, tart, well, and yeah. and you you go on uh, because that fruit has a is is a fruit that cooks so well. You know, like we underestimate it. Basically, one interesting yes. thing that is in your recipe and these
0: recipes are great, folks. This is one of the things that these are recipes that you can tell have been close to Gabriel's heart, and I'm. And I know that there has been a lot of joy and smiles that have been given by you to your family with these recipes. Would I be correct in making that assumption? Yes. I imagine that almost all these recipes come from uh, like a notebook i'm seeing like a handwritten notebook or a, or a scrapbook with a whole bunch of things
2: yeah well over the years you build your repertoire and and as a chef you build from uh, you know you, you learn to make pancakes and then you yes you, you learn you know it's you understand the the evolution of the cake from from a, sophist, from a basic pancake, which is flat, to uh, to a soufflé, which has risen, and when you look at the ingredients, they are not sometimes very different. Ooh.
0: But yeah, I mean, in, this in is different, different thing. scales. Yes. And, and and these two things, you know, we can think about a very very simple crepe that just has lemon juice and sugar on it, or has been elevated to become a, a crepes. Yes, say it. A crepe, crepe, yeah. crepe soufflé. You know, or a crepe Suzette. Yes, that's right. Um, but these are some of the great desserts of the world and in varying degrees of difficulty, and maybe this is a great thing to start talking about repertoire and yes. about learning
2: and constantly evolving your repertoire. Everything, yes. So what I, s- what I tell are you is that... Yes, Matthew, this is <laughs> yes, for you. I'm sure you I'm yeah. looking at you yeah. deep okay. in your eyes. I'm, yes, taking notes there we in go. go. In the, in the apple <laughs> of it. Uh, well, okay, you... Um, First, as a a chef, as a cook, as a home cook, you have have got to understand your level. So when you look at your uh, recipe Mm. and you have never cooked anything – uh, make pancakes rather than making soufflés.
0: So we should start off with the Clint Eastwood thing that a man's got to know his limitations. Yes,
2: exactly okay, right. Okay. That's, that's it. It can be a fruit salad. Yes. You know, learning to cut orange into segments. Coupe or Miami, learning, chef? Yeah. Do you remember Coupe Miami? That was one of
0: the first yes. things I learned, which was grapefruit and oranges, and you yes. learned how to segment the orange. Yes. and that's and a, a beautiful
2: mixer. skill to, to have. Mm. It's really... uh and uh, so you, you, you do that. You start with doing that and then. I tell people it's it, – because it's part of cooking, maybe three or four times a year, mm. you decide to learn a new dessert. Right. Okay. And so you look at your level. You say, yes, now I can make meringue. Perhaps I'm going to make something with meringue. Okay. I'm going to make a lemon. And then you have got to realize that that dessert, if you c- want to learn it, you have got to maybe do it two or three times within a month. So every Within a
0: month, within a time frame. Within okay. the season.
2: Yes, because it's fresh. So you make it this weekend and you say, oh, I want to cook the pastry, which is so easily done mm. for any tart because of your oven, because of so many things. Um, and then you say, yes, I must cook it. You cook it again next week mm. and then you, you have solved a couple of problems and you cook it again the week after or in two weeks' time and then you master it. And maybe you say, well, next time I'm going to put some chopped pistachio on top of that.
0: You start to own that yes, recipe you because that recipe you understand it. it.
2: Or you modify it to create a new dish. Mm. So I tell people, okay, maybe you learn only three or four desserts a year, mm-hmm. but after ten years, how many? if you start, how old is this yeah. kid then? This is child. <laughs> it's child, just child, just child approaching
1: 40. Yes, yes child
2: <laughs> over here. He looks young. He must have eaten his fruits. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, about <laughs> uh, ten years, three or four recipes. You are talking 30 or 40 desserts. If you cook, if you know how to cook thirty or forty desserts, you know how to cook one hundred desserts. Because once you know how to make a raspberry uh, tart, you mm. know how to make a strawberry tart, a blueberry tart, an apple tart, and so it suddenly it becomes like it snows snowballs, and and then you you really master and you. You have learned techniques each time you learn a new dish. You have learned different flavors, different textures, and then you become creative.
0: It's an exponential thing. And we can also do the, the analogy is similar to musicians that are Absolutely. that are listening out here. It's about learning a new song.
2: Putting layers in your music. Learning you know, how like, to like the key tar- changes. The tartatin, tar- tar, when you think mm. of it. Apple, caramel, caramel. Mm. look how popular is caramel. The crunch of the pastry, Mm. perhaps the contrast with the whipped cream, the chantilly or or the ice cream. And the color of the apples. Yes, and the smell when it comes. And it is just fabulous. Mm. And at the end of a meal, if it is a a feast, uh, it's a little bit more digestive than than a a chocolate cake. So it's really a dessert that is in the middle.
0: Fantastic. It is 12.50 here on 3 Triple R FM. Matt, we're going to do a quick little. A couple of quick sponsorship announcements and we'll be back. And then I want to talk about the great thing about this is a great opportunity for people to eat more fruit with having desserts. We might do that on Triple R. 12.51 here on 3RRF. My God, Gabriel Guetta is here. He's come back. (laughs) Um, He's got a fabulous book. We're talking about the end of the meal and how you can make that spectacular. Learn fruits. Make wonderful desserts, do they not?
2: Absolutely. Mm. In Australia, when you look at, you go to a fruit shop at any Mm. time of the year and it's amazing what there is. And I've always been surprised that for example, with the pineapple. You know, the pineapple. Yes. It was grown in, uh, <laughs> by the kings of France in 1700 and something because oh, it's it was like seen as an extraordinary fruit. Yes. Is this the same as you make the orangeries? Right? Yes, you, yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's an unusual thing, but the, the pastry chefs of the time were actually using it. Yes. And when I did my apprenticeship, 46 years ago, in country France, mm. from time to time, we would make an, a pineapple sorbet, which is oh. extraordinary. And you don't, nobody serves pineapple in, in top restaurants here. No. And yet, it's one of the most powerful fruits. It's one fruit that can become a mousse, can become an ice cream. It's fabulous, very, very thinly sliced. Mm. It hard to make jellies from because of the enzymes, yes, of and that's one thing that. Occurred. Yes, yeah. Just one but thing. Yeah. Know, yes, but you know, at the end of a top meal, the jelly you can do without it. You know, yes, like, that's <laughs> true. Uh, but there is so much you can do with it, and that it is not very much used. The same with mangoes in top restaurants. Very rarely, you see a little bit of raspberries, but they are often cut in half, and you have got two halves or three halves as a garnish, but never mm-hmm. very generously. You, it's the pudding kind of desserts that you find
0: mango tat tat tat
2: that's lovely it is it is beautiful
0: so we just said there's a profound silence just came on yes, the room yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> in, in so anyway so the point is uh we've about more well, six and a half minutes to go fruits can be a wonderful vehicle for first of all for the nutrition of people to have fruits vitamins and things like that but there are so many desserts. One that Matt wanted to pull you up about. Did I? Yes, you did. <laughs>
1: Look at you. Oh, what? yes, I did, yes. <laughs> yeah, good. Well,
0: because we were just thinking, because we were talking in the car on the way,
1: because mm. normally if I choose a dessert at a restaurant, I'm sort of normally lean Italian. Yes. So I'd normally yeah. go with an avogato or with a tiramisu. Tiramisu. And there's a recipe for a tiramisu of in the book.
2: Course. It's a great classic. It's okay. Right? Yes. No, you know, what remember... Come on, tell uh, us the Frenchy. Do bre- it's not a Brexit. We are European. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Very I am good. European, and my fellow is Italian. We <laughs> sleep in the same bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I never thought we'd be able to. No, to no, bring no that problem, in. Swiss. <laughs> t- tiramisu
0: is is one of the favorites. Oh, it's a classic. It's like picking the favorite children. Have you got a favorite,
2: or maybe a top one, two, or three? Or desserts? Yeah, go on. You know what? It's an interesting question. I almost say, uh, mm. often say, it. it's a young people's, qu- a young person's question. Yeah,
0: well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. It's nice. It's Be- no, no, the nicest thing you said to me all day. <laughs> when
2: you are young, yeah. you have a de- definite favorite. Yes. You know, this is what I like. What's
0: best. like, what's your favorite music? You know? it's like well, what? that's it. Yeah.
2: And, and uh, as you get older, you have a seasonal favorite, mm-hmm. like at this time of the year. Yes. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, uh, the tartatin, or, okay. you know, the pears or things like that. And um, you can have a favorite for for a dinner. I think a, a souffle, a well-made souffle, <laughs> yeah. modern souffle where you have a, an ice cream with it, and it, it's extraordinary.
0: Chocolate souffle with raspberry puree yes. poured into it. That's well, it's
2: fabulous. It's fabulous. Yeah, okay. it's, fabulous. it's extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, and then there's... You know, nowadays, uh, when you can make some very thin meringues and you have got ice creams, a great mm. pavlova. Mm. I think a pavlova where the, f- the, 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 the texture is just perfect, you no, know, with the crunchy, crunchy, the crunch on, the outside, on top. Give in, in yeah, give in the middle. What's on top of then, it? Oh, you have got to have a number of fruits. Okay. Mm-hmm. You've got to be generous. Right. Of course, some cream. Yes. Some cream that to make the contrast. Yes. And then passion fruit. Passion fruit. Passion, passion fruit. You have got to have the passion fruit. You've got to be prescriptive. And
0: oh, Nigel's nodding his head. And, <laughs> and see then Nigel's still here. I, I love yes, it yes. with
2: mangoes. I love it with raspberries. I love it. Uh, I have this summer because I have, uh, an apricot tree at my place. Mm. I poached some apricots just slowly, you know, until mm. they, they were ripe, you know, yes. like they poached them, they just Amazing, and then at top uh, the pavlova with some apricots and passion fruit and a few raspberries, and it was just heaven. Yes, apricot—that's another fruit that is totally underestimated. It is one of the great, great fruits of the world.
0: Soft, beautifully delicate from the tree when they
2: are ripe. That's that's the problem: is that we have a difficulty getting some good ones. But when you have a tree, you you learn again what. An apricot is
0: same with the peach. Yes, you get a, you get a sun-ripened peach, and it is yes. uh, an epiphany. Um, okay, so that's one that you said was one of your favorites. Can you say maybe a
2: couple more? If we dig a, a little bit deeper. Well, you know what? Uh, I love anything with poached peaches. Yes, I think the peach peach is the next one. takes
0: this flavor yeah. of chocolate so well, yeah. does it not? A big pan. It takes the flavor of chocolate so amazing. The, yes.
2: The, Oh, hang on, you said peaches. peaches. I, was, I was thinking pears. I had a, yeah, peaches. I meant to think. No, the peaches. poached pear. That's a classic. Yeah. A poached pear in winter with vanilla ice cream and not chocolate sauce. I've got that in the book. And that's one of the things yes, that yeah. if
0: you are frightened of doing desserts. Matt, you're listening. I sure am. Okay, good. Well, I'm thinking <laughs> that, um, that maybe a poached Pear would be a great thing to do because making it's a syrup difficult. is a very, very simple, simple thing. If you can get a ratio happening, peel the
2: pears, drop them in. Peel the pears, drop them in, you got it? Mm-hmm. No, poach them slowly until they are ready. So you test with a knife. It can take 20 minutes or so it can take half an hour. It depends on on the on pear. The pear. Yeah. And then you let it cool down in your syrup. But, you know, you get some beautiful vanilla ice cream. You, you make a little hole to put the pear on top. You <laughs> melt a bit of cream with some really good cooking chocolates. Yeah. You make a, a chocolate sauce over that and you garnish, you, you uh, uh, toast some, uh, some almonds, yeah. some flake almonds yes. and put on top of that. So you have the crunch of the almonds, the cold ice cream, the hot chocolate sauce and the texture of the pear. Simple and so delicious. And it was served in every restaurant 100 years ago. Yeah, so it's not new. No, it's not. It's it's not innovation, but it has not lost any of its its
0: beauty, and it's kept its thing because it is still so valid. Now, a
2: chocolate dessert is is still good, like a good chocolate cake that is not too rich. And I say with the chocolate cake, you I always tell people that because they say, "Oh, you know, it's rich." Calorie and all of that, and blah blah blah, and yes, blah 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 blah. And I say, Well, with said chocolate cake, mm. the first mouthful is, is fa- fabulous. The yes. Second one, you say, Gosh, I'd forgotten how good that was. The third one, you say, This is so bloody good. The third, the fourth one is nice, and that's enough. Yeah, you, that's you, good. Don't need, you don't need that wedge that is filling a quarter of your plate.
0: Yes, that's it. So, uh, but rethink this book. So it's called So French, So Sweet. Uh, available in all good bookstores is published by SBS, I think it is. Yeah, with Hardy yeah. Grant. Um, how much?
2: Forty, fifty, thirty, uh, uh, twenty-nine, ninety-five. Oh, and it's hardcover yes. too. Nowadays, um, it is, uh, that's the price of books. and It has gone down compared to uh, twenty years ago. We were paying fifty bucks for books,
0: which is uh, it's a, that's a praise Jesus moment here on uh, on the Sabbath on Sunday. What a great thing it is to see you, Nigel. Thank you for coming in. Regarding the truffles, Matt, you've got homework. Yes. It's Tracy's do. next
1: door. What's she doing? She's hedging her bets. She's got both a megahertz
0: and a rock dog scarf on, so I think she's sort of hedging her bets there. I think she is. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you at the game, folks. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, Gabrielle. Great to see you. Thank you, Nigel. Let's see. Cheers.